0: Over the last 37 episodes, wow, that's a lot. I've talked a ton about towns such as Red Hook, Rhinebeck, Pine Plains, and Tivoli, as well as Woodstock, cities like Hudson and Kingston, and a fair bit of Columbia County. But I'm realizing I've been totally remiss about southern Dutchess County. And the seat of Dutchess County, where Vassar College is, is Poughkeepsie. I pass through Poughkeepsie, well, I used to pass through it, every week on Amtrak. On my way home, Poughkeepsie is exactly 15 minutes from Rhinebeck Station. And what I've learned is that if you want to call an Uber from the train because, say, your husband no longer picks you up, most Uber and Lyft drivers are across the river in Kingston. So if you don't want to wait around at the station all lonely, waiting for a pickup, you can time it exactly right if you request your Uber or Lyft at the stop in Poughkeepsie. You got to move quick though, because the signal gets weak after you leave the station. But if it works, then you get to the ride back station exactly when your driver arrives. Clever, right? Now, about Poughkeepsie, what do I know about it? Well, nothing, actually. So, of course, I Google about it, and what do I learn? Well, for starters, Queen City of the Hudson is its name. That's pretty cool. Once home to two whaling companies. And it's also where cough drops by the Smith Brothers were once made, which is totally charming. But, you know, that's not really enough for the city yet. So I do what you would do. I tweet to ask about it, and what I do is I CC at Dutchess History, a feed I follow. It's not long before I get a response from Will Tatum, the Duchess County historian. It isn't more than 48 hours later that Will sends me a PDF with amazing historical facts about Poughkeepsie, which I am sharing with you today. The first is what I was hoping for, a good Revolutionary War story. As you may already know, the city of Kingston across the city was burned by British forces in October 1777 and Poughkeepsie served as a de facto state capital, hosting several meetings of the state assembly. Number two, I subscribe to the Poughkeepsie Journal, as I'm sure you do, but I didn't know it launched its first issue in 1785, which makes it the oldest continuously published local newspaper in New York State. Take that, New York Times. Number three, the 1887 Poughkeepsie Railroad Bridge, the longest cantilever-style bridge at the time of its opening then, survives on the north end of the city, but now it's the walkway over the Hudson State Park, which I haven't done. After restoration work to repair damage from a fire in 1973, the walkway opened in 2009, and now it is the world's longest elevated pedestrian bridge. Number four, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt personally supervised the construction of the Poughkeepsie Post Office, which was completed in 1938. Its design reflects the local colonial Dutch style of architecture, and building houses several large murals depicting periods of Poughkeepsie's history. We don't get political on this show, but I'd like to see a president who supports the post office, especially since Luke, our mail carrier, is currently one of my very few human contacts every day. Number five. In 1942, IBM built its first plant in Poughkeepsie, which manufactured ammunition for World War II. This initial footprint would grow into one of IBM's primary facilities with satellites at Ish and Kingston. This area is big with roots in tech. So thanks, Will Tatum. We're all gonna follow at History on Instagram or on Twitter. I cannot get enough of this. So now you know everything I know about Poughkeepsie, but you will soon meet someone that I just met. I'm Matt Zucker, and this is Sidiet, learning to live and love life in the Hudson Valley. This season, as you can tell, I'm trying to get closer to the people who live and work here. A few episodes ago, you'll remember meeting Dairo, an Empire regular from the train. I'm also trying to line up farmers to talk to, because, well, especially living next to two farms and an orchard, I wanna know everything about farming without having to do it myself. Today, we're gonna to talk to a local business owner, Daniel Clark from Prime Print Shop who's also generous enough to sponsor this episode, with a special offer for Citiate listeners. I'm excited for you to get to know him, to hear his story, his point of view, crazy things one can print, and what he and his wife do with their five acres of land. We first talked about Poughkeepsie a bit, including some of the backstory of the walkway over the Hudson, which I've still not done. Are you a Citiate, or are you a friend of a Citiate?
1: I am a friend of a city. yet. I am, I'm, am, I'm a local, a local yokel. Uh, I was born in, in uh, Poughkeepsie and grew up in Pleasant Valley. And to me growing up, Poughkeepsie was the big city. It was uh, 20 minutes away and I didn't understand how the roads worked and all that stuff. And we would go down to New York uh, for field trips, museums and whatnot. In my whole life, I've probably been there 20 times and uh, you know, they've got good museums. That's, that's about what I enjoy about the city. Uh, but um uh, I've, I've lived other places, went, to, went away to school, came back, moved away a couple of times, but I always ended up coming back. And uh, I, I guess not everyone loves where they grew up. And it took me a long time to realize that I do and that we do have special things here. One one example is driving across the Kingston Bridge, going towards Kingston. Yeah. And you're, you're in that silly traffic outside of Rhinebeck. And then you finally get to the bridge and you can get up to speed and up in front of you, the Catskills rise, and you can see north and you can see south. And I, I've come to appreciate that as someone who's lived somewhere else and come back, because growing up here, it's just what you saw. It's just the scenery. I love the so, Catskills. It didn't impress me. But yeah, it, they're an amazing thing. I've lived in Ulster County for a while, and uh, it was great to be on the doorstep. It was really easy to just go out there and walk for a while.
0: And what uh, about the walkway over the Hudson in Poughkeepsie? Everybody talks about it, but I've never done it.
1: I was surprised to hear that you hadn't done it. Actually. Um, I thought that, you know, that started so many years ago and uh, That actually burned. It was a working railroad bridge up until 1970. I think it had been disused and then fireworks landed on it in 1974 and it burned and it was a big deal. And there's pictures uh, that you can find of thick black smoke coming from these creosote covered railroad ties and, uh, and although it had been disused for a while before that, it kind of seems like a symbol of what had happened to Poughkeepsie. Um, Poughkeepsie went through urban renewal in the 60s. They, In the 70s, they closed down the lower section of Main Street and made it pedestrian only, which was exactly the opposite of what they should have done at the time, apparently. Um, they since reopened that up. Uh, the bridge is pretty neat. I've only been there <laughs> I've only been there myself once actually. I went in a super cold Thanksgiving day and um, I like to take walks. I'm not a rail trail kind of person. I really enjoy walking in the woods and say hi to someone as you pass. Hopefully you pass someone infrequently. The, 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 The walkway is deservedly very, I think it's a pretty crowded area to go.
0: Yeah, no one wants crowds up here. It's why we left New York, and especially now during the virus, you want some space, which is really a new currency. Another form of currency many of us spend a lot of time thinking and talking about is, of course, real estate. In a city like New York, when you talk about real estate, you talk about co-op boards, crazy prices, one and a half baths as a luxury, and full-service buildings, which basically means having a doorman, a parking garage, and a gym. Up here... Well, we also talk about real estate all the time, but what we talk about is land, and food, and making food on our land. And and wait, tell me about your five acres. Like, what? what I only have two, so five would be overwhelming for me. What do you What do you do with them? Are they wooded? Are they open? Maybe you could describe it.
1: It's ninety uh, percent open. Uh, my wife is a, a longtime uh, veggie farmer. She's a pro. She was doing it long before, since long before I met her. She's Amazing. Managed- Managed uh, you know, 200 family CSAs and uh, um, she is amazing. And I wanted a pretty wooded area because I like to kind of hide in the woods, um, but uh, we compromised and have a, a really great wide open, we've got a lot of sky here. It's a pretty, it's, a, it's literally an old hay field, and of our five and a quarter acres, um, about 4.9 of it is open space um and it's just beautiful we're, we're in it we're in our own little valley we definitely have our own little microclimate, climate compared to the other weather stations uh, around us um, my weather station is called willow vale farm if anyone wants to look it up it's uh uh uh, uh so what we do here is uh, she uh, my wife her name is jessica she um uh, does have a a market garden here that she Grows prodigious amounts of any vegetable you might want to put in your cart at any time of the year. Um, she sells mostly to Big Rock Farm Market in Stamfordville. Um, she's uh, also has a small network of. Uh, she doesn't really call it a CSA, but it is a small network of neighbors that have formed a CSA and and have been picking up veggies from her weekly this year. Um, I love of course- it. We
0: joined a CSA for many years, and now we're I think on a Hardy third roots right. Yeah, third year at Hardy Roots, and it's yeah. just the experience of going and picking it up and knowing where it's come from. Also, being surprised each week about what might be in there. Last yeah. week they gave us an extra; they gave us seconds, you know, of tomatoes, like a big box. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may have paid for them; I don't know, but it was really inexpensive. And Brian's making tomato sauce to freeze for the winter. Terrific. And of course, seconds are this—you know—the stuff that nobody wants, so to speak. But of course, they're just as good, and they're just slightly bruised. Perfect. I know
1: all about seconds because seconds are what the farmer's family eats. You know. We, we, <laughs> Pretty much you you sell the good stuff and then you eat the the stuff that's not so good um the i think the only complaint that i've ever heard about a csa it's it's not about the the cost of it it's the, just the amount of food that you get and what do i do with it um so successful csa's usually will include some type of a, a recipe card system or a, maybe in the, in the weekly uh, email blast they'll give you an idea of what's going to be what's going to be available this week and what can you do with it. And, you know, canning tomatoes is a great way to work with it because you, you, dollar for dollar, you get more food from a CSA than you do if you go shopping at the store. It's, it's a really a wonderful system. And you're right, you're right there in the middle of where it all happens. Everybody feels good about it. And uh, it's it's a really cool uh, innovation.
0: And right right now, how do you feel about Right now, what we're all going going through. For me, it's very validating to live here and be closer to the food and the supply chain. Um, I just worry, I worry less about it. Um, You having your own farm, vegetable farm must be even more reassuring.
1: It is, it is. It's uh, nice to know that we completely didn't have to worry about the latest warning about onions. Um, I think there was an E. coli warning over the past week about- I missed that. Yeah. Well, it didn't matter because you get your onions from a local source, but there was i I don't know the name of the, the national distributor. Every onion that they'd had, you know, sold in the past, whatever period of time, you should have gotten rid of because of the a risk of E. coli. Anytime there's like a bagged salad risk for E. coli, it really doesn't apply to us either. That's—it's. It's, uh,
0: right now there's thousands of city it's listening to this, throwing out their <laughs> onions. hundreds of
1: thousands (laughs) I can hear them now hey
0: Cidiots I'm so lucky because this episode is sponsored by Prime Print Shop in Poughkeepsie they can copy, print, and scan nearly anything from house plans, property surveys, and planning board submissions to banners, business cards, yard signs and more visit primeprintshop.com and mention secret code CIDIOT to get 20% off your first order because I'm in marketing, or perhaps because I'm fairly nosy. But whenever I walk past a business, I always wonder, who goes in there? What do they sell in a print shop? What goes on in there? So your, your customers, are they mostly locals? I don't even like that word. Or weekenders? Or like, who, who comes in with plans and other kinds of services?
1: The, the majority are local professionals, architects, engineers, attorneys, mm-hmm nonprofits, um, the, the colleges, uh, but we certainly do see our share of, of city it's as well. And people who are uh, either building a home in the area or renovating a home in the area. Um, everybody has to go through the planning board process at some point, And to do that, you need documents and oftentimes the uh, uh, the architect will take care of that for you. But um, we do, uh, I end up shipping a lot of things down to the city, actually, uh, for, on the behalf of some ar- architect who's up here, uh, you know, the the, uh, the city dweller is working with an architect that's local, um, because they know the, the planning board and they know how it works in, in town. Um, so I'll ship the plans down to them, uh, wherever they are down in the city. Uh, if we've printed out uh, family trees for people, large, big. You know, oh! Things- Three feet by six feet. We we didn't do the design. They came in with it, um, but uh, that's a pretty nifty thing to have up on your wall that shows you know the whole story. Um, uh, we do a lot of uh, you know embarrassing photos for people, not naughty photos, but but more like uh, uh, maybe a someone's going to turn fifty, so there someone else, uh, a family member or spouse brings in a. A baby picture, and we blow it up to three foot by four, so it can really make them feel silly at the party.
0: Of course, what I wanted to know from Daniel was what he thought of me—I mean, us—as idiots. And did he have any advice for folks moving up here, beyond the type that I give, like how to find your town, how to set yourself up, or make friends? What about how to behave? Uh,
1: be kind to your neighbors. I think that's the, uh, the uh, um, perhaps the, the universal golden rule that for anyone who might purchase a house somewhere, um, you know, you have extra tomatoes, take them over to your neighbor. You bake an extra few cupcakes, take them over to your neighbor. It's a good thing. It makes people happy. They won't they want, to, want to admit it because it sounds very old-fashioned and corny, but it sure is a nice thing to do.
0: You know, I... I interviewed a fellow City who was more, far more advanced than I was, um, Darrow, a few weeks ago. And now I'm talking to someone who's actually from here. So this is a little narcissistic, but what do you think of us, those of us that come up here and, you know, I was a weekender first and now I'm full-time hardcore, um, yeah. but what's the perception? What's the... Give us the insider view.
1: I think when it comes right down to it, what we have in common is that we like it here. And... I love it here. People might dress differently. People drive different cars. People have different catchphrases, but when it comes down to it, we all really enjoy being here and that's our common ground. Um, You know, we uh, out in in the town of Stanford here, it's very rural. It's minimum minimum five acre zoning. And uh, we have, you know, Many weekend neighbors whom some who were on waving terms to some who were on hello terms to and some we just see oh so and so is up because the car goes by. Um, You know, we're, we're all here for a reason and it's a great place to live and no one should be angry that anyone's here enjoying it.
0: I have my own opinions on every town every county but I was curious to hear how someone from here looks at geography.
1: Uh, having lived in both Duchess County and Ulster County, um, the bridge is, is a real divider. I remember growing up, um, there would be talk of going across the river, or someone, someone's family lives across the river, and uh, it, it is a psychological barrier, even though there's been a bridge there for, you know, 80 or 90 years. Um, Poughkeepsie, having had the uh, the railways... Always, that made a huge difference with the folks who were able to come up here. I Main cities have been coming up here for a very long time, um, uh, so I think of of Duchess County as probably uh, a little more well off. Uh, it has more educational institutions. It has several colleges yep. uh, versus Ulster. Uh, Ulster County has Woodstock. It has the uh, uh, the Catskills, I think of it as a, a little bit more of a hippier county than Duchess is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kingston itself is, Kingston has, Kingston wears a lot of hats, actually, because it's the county seat uh, of Ulster, so it has all the county buildings and, and the clusters of the professionals there, um, but it, it has become Brooklyn of the North uh, in a way, it, when I, I moved to I bought a house my house in Kingston in 2007 and lived there for uh, nine years, and I moved to Kingston because I really liked how it was a it was a, a smaller, more manageable city that I felt comfortable living in.
0: Daniel's description of Kingston really touched me because it reminded me that as much as I talk about the city-country divide and the experience of moving up here, the more I realize it's really the new city upstate shift that i'm journaling through this podcast up here you can still have an urban life if that's what you want whether it's kingston hudson newburgh or poughkeepsie it's different than new york city for sure but they still have many advantages of a city see i'm five years in and i'm still learning Thanks so much, Daniel, for being on Citiate and to Prime Print Shop for sponsoring this episode. Remember, they can copy, print, and scan nearly anything from house plans, property surveys, and planning board submissions to banners, business cards, yard signs, and more. Visit PrimePrintShop.com and mention that secret code Citiate to get 20% off your order. Thanks also to the Dutchess County historian who responded to my tweet asking for help and supplied many of the facts you learned here. You can find him on Twitter. If you're enjoying It, please subscribe. And if you haven't, rate and review us in the Apple Store. It helps people find us. Cityat tracker caps in navy with the iconic baby goat are still in inventory. If you want to get one, you'll find them at gumroad.com slash it or just message me. The price includes shipping in the U.S. I'm Matt Zucker, podcasting from my favorite place on Earth, and I hope it becomes yours. Come visit.